The Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, The one on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where Jesus was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Andrew first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. You can be seated. In today's Gospel reading, one of the most interesting things is what John the Baptizer says when he sees Jesus. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, that phrase, no doubt you've heard it before, but it often gets overlooked. It has kind of worked its way into Christian lingo. We sing it many Sundays during communion. Someone says, Lamb of God, and we think, yeah, that's the song we sing during communion. Jesus was the Lamb of God, takes away the sin of the world. No big deal. But there's more going on there. John, the baptizer, is that prophetic voice to the people of Israel. And he's preparing the way for the arrival of Jesus. John sees Jesus and invents this new phrase, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. After 20 centuries of Christianity, we don't think much about those words, that phrase, because it's so commonplace. We use it so much. But John is really combining two separate things, two separate ideas that connect the dots about Jesus. John's phrase was completely unique. The reason is because those ideas didn't originally go together. What John was doing was mixing metaphors. He was connecting two different parts of historical Jewish worship Together, John saw Jesus as a mashup of two separate events. 
Passover and Yom Kippur. Now, one part of John's metaphor was the Lamb of God, a reference to the Passover Lamb that comes from the story of the Exodus. God's people were in slavery in Egypt. Moses confronted Pharaoh to let God's people go, but Pharaoh didn't agree, so God sent ten plagues. The last plague was the death of the firstborn. But God provided a way for Israel to evade death. From Exodus chapter 12, it goes like this. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. They shall take some of the blood, put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat it. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So, John the baptizer sees Jesus coming and calls him the Lamb of God. That's the first metaphor. Jesus is like the Lamb from Passover that protected Israel and provided for their deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And like that lamb, Jesus is going to deliver people from their bondage to sin and death and evil. But here's the thing. The Passover lamb had nothing to do with taking away sin. That's where the second metaphor comes in. And it comes from the Jewish day of atonement known as Yom Kippur. Now, the animal that took sins away was a goat, not a lamb. According to the description that comes to us uh, from Leviticus, on the day of atonement, Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and sending it away into the wilderness by means of someone designated for the task. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to a barren region, and the goat shall be set free in the wilderness. This is where the term scapegoat comes from in English. That is the second Metaphor. John the baptizer sees Jesus and says, He is like the goat that carries away off into the wilderness not only the sins of Israel, but the sins of the whole world. To, Don, to John, Jesus was doing two unique things. Jesus was both like the lamb that freed from captivity. And the goat that carried away sins. Two different festivals from Jewish worship that John mashed together to describe Jesus. Jesus was doing something new. So John invents this new phrase, recognizing that in Jesus, two old things were being synthesized to demonstrate the new thing God was doing. And those two ideas are still the things that Jesus offers you today.
Jesus still, like the lamb, offers you freedom from the things that bind you and hold you down, not allowing you to fully live. Jesus still, like the goat, offers the forgiveness of your sins, taking them away, carrying them off, never to return again. Jesus brings you deliverance and forgiveness. You are set free, no longer a slave to the things of your past. You are forgiven. You no longer need sacrifices to make you worthy of God's love. Both the lamb and the goat were sacrifices. And just like the lamb and the goat, Jesus models for us that sacrificing for the sake of others is the sacred path that we are called to. It reminds me of a quote by Martin Luther King Jr., Life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? What are you doing for others? I believe that is the question that led Jesus to become the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus takes away the sin of the world. But that work isn't completed. It's not over. The sin of the world persists. There's still evil. The sin of the world includes all of the injustices, all of the inequalities that some in society receive, while others that are more privileged do not. The sin of the world includes the systems of oppression that we are complicit in even when we don't recognize it. The sin of the world is the hatred that leads some to harm their neighbors. And the church, the body of Christ, we continue the ministry of Jesus by the Spirit. You, church, are still called to carry away the sin of the world. Jesus has called you to be the voice of liberation and forgiveness in the face of evil. What are you doing for others? One more quote from Martin Luther King. He who accepts evil without protesting against it is really cooperating with it. Amen.